the Christian Circle podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. For July we have a new podcast and this is going to be based on the little flower. But before I go to that, uh, what I'm going to talk to you about is um, a quick mention about our previous podcast which was with Mary Kate Sparrow and I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners and to Mary herself because we've had more than 125 plays on that one podcast alone and that's only on SoundCloud. I don't know where the statistics are on iTunes, um on Stitcher or on TuneIn. I really don't know. But on SoundCloud we had 125 plays. That's a lot of plays for a nascent podcast like us. So I just want to say thank you. Um we're praying for our listeners do lift up a prayer for Mary for her wonderful wisdom that she shared on marriage and i understand that it's such an important topic because everybody seemed to have enjoyed that show if you really like the show or you have suggestion for feedback like i said before leave a like or a comment or uh, write back to me and let us know what you think or how we can improve uh whether it's the sound whether it's anything else uh let me know You will also notice that we've actually started transcribing most of the shows starting this month onwards we're actually going to put in show notes for every episode for all those people who can't or don't have the bandwidth to actually listen to an entire show. So you will find the transcript uh, of the entire conversation that we have on my website. For this month we have uh, two guests. One is Charles who is going to talk about Saint Therese later. and we also have Gordon Gross who's actually going to talk about transforming tragedy through Job's experiences and how you can do the same uh, if you're experiencing a tragedy in your life uh, by learning from Job so that's going to be our next podcast but for today we're going to talk about the little flower that's uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux and her uh, little way that she taught and wrote about in many many of her books here's the show uh yeah she had a very interesting childhood I think uh it might have it was either last year or maybe it was the year before her parents were actually canonized. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she was she was raised by very holy parents and she had four other sisters all of whom were nuns. I think one right now was recently beatified too. So quite the uh quite the family. <laughs> kind of a Hall of Fame caliber family as far as things go. But uh yeah, she was uh she was born in France. She's from France. She's the youngest daughter of the church. Yeah. You know, she died at age uh I think she was 24 or 25 years old when yeah, she died. She so she was pretty pretty young, yeah. But uh yeah, her father uh her father tried to be a priest, but he, he was denied because he didn't know enough Latin to be a priest. Like I said her mother was a very holy person too and they were both canonized together as a couple yeah. a couple of years ago. And uh she, her mother died when she was very young too. Yeah. It was a very a very hard time in her life and she suffered from all kinds of bouts of like uh I guess you would call it depression nowadays she yeah. said that she was a sad child and yeah. she would go in fits of crying out of nowhere and she had uh, a lot of sadness in her life and very hard life I guess in late 19th century France Yeah and uh, I believe at that time um in, in France it was more like um, you know this fear of god had been indoctrinated in people that god was yeah. he was harsh and he was so that was the time that was was going on when when they were captured yeah france still still was uh, kind of suffering from the after effects of jansenism mm-hmm. you know which is kind of like this uh throughout europe yeah. but it was really focused in france and it was really this angry god it was kind of like a yeah. a catholic form of calvinism you know yeah. this real angry god that was just going to he was just out there to punish everyone and really yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know, like, you were born into this world as some sort of cosmic trick to be able to punish you later on or something like that. So, yeah, there was the after effects of Jansenism, which had already been condemned as a heresy probably a hundred years earlier, but it's still kind of like lingering effects of it. What about her, uh, I mean, you've given us about her background, but what about the challenges that she faced? I mean, um, you know, she had a sisters leaving off and going through the convent and she was going uh-huh. through all of these changes. So what exactly was the hardship or challenge in uh, her life? Well, from uh, reading a few different sources of her, I've, I've read that she was sick often throughout her uh, mm-hmm. throughout her entire life, really, yeah. because she died of tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. But she was sick uh, as an infant up until, I don't think she lived with her parents until she was even like two years old. Mm-hmm. And then all throughout her childhood, she suffered from different illnesses and stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, on top of that, she also suffered from uh, severe scrupulosity. Yeah. And that's where, uh, even though you confess a sin or you're forgiven of a sin, yeah, you kind of like obsess over it, yeah. you know. And that's probably part of that after effect of Jansenism, like we were talking about. Yeah. But she was very scrupulous. Yeah. And uh, I've known people that have had scrupulous. I've, you know, had it myself sometimes. Like, oh gosh, did I really did I do that right this time? <laughs> you know. So it's something you got to kind of fight against. But then the the opposite is laxity, where it's just like anything goes. Yeah. So you gotta. You know the golden mean. You got to shoot for. But she, uh, yeah, she had a uh, a very tough childhood. And it's good that you pointed it out because if you actually read uh, the story of her soul, you you find, oh my gosh, I mean, you know, she's just a child, and what is she talking about? But right. when you from this point of view, you realize, okay, she did have a problem that she was really suffering with something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In her entire life, I mean, she's she's pretty young. But then mm. she manages to say so many things. I mean, she manages to write books and even through her sickness, write all of her thoughts down. So what are yeah. the most important things that she has taught us through her writing and through her life? Well, that anyone can be a saint yeah. is, I think, really the, the most important thing she taught us. Because, you know, she's 24 years old, mm-hmm. and she dies, and yeah. she, she joined the convent. At mm-hmm. 15 or 16 years old when she joined the convent. And the thing, too, that's amazing about it is the nuns that were in the convent with her were completely unaware that they were in the presence of a saint. Yeah. yeah. They just thought she was just a normal, everyday nun. They didn't know she had this great spirituality. And she kind of kept it kind of an, it was in her interior life. Mm-hmm. But it was anyone, we don't have to do like St. Paul type missionary journeys. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to travel to the ends of the world. Yeah. We can just be kind to the homeless person on the corner, yeah. or we can just smile at somebody. Like she would—that's what she talked about her little way and the little way to heaven. And just everything you do, no matter what it is—if it's smiling at a stranger, if it's you know giving the waitress an extra dollar tip, or just telling someone, just saying hello to somebody—just any little thing you do, if you do it for God, yeah. you know that really it can change the world. And that's what inspired. A little Albanian woman that joined a, you know, joined a convent in Ireland and moved to India, Saint Teresa. She actually was inspired by the little way in the story of the soul, and that's why she took the name Teresa when she became a nun. Was because of Teresa de Sue. And look what she done. You know, we can't all do great things, but we can do little things with great love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's her famous quote, and that's really that's straight out of Teresa de Sue's playbook. If anybody wants to emulate her in the sense of doing the little the little way, uh, explain to people what exactly is this little way. I mean, 
I know you've given examples already, but just uh, define it for people who, who who don't understand this this kind of uh, spirituality. From what I you know from what I gather of it is it's literally just doing little things. It isn't we can't all like I said we can't all be great. Yeah. She knew she was just she knew she was just uh, a young nun living in you know out of the way corner of France. Yeah. That she wasn't gonna do anything great as far as you know, but she could share the gospel with somebody or she could do these different things and that was what she she understood to be she said she wanted to find a little way to heaven because she was too small to climb the great steps to heaven so she wanted to find she compared it like to an elevator mm-hmm. and she said rich people have these elevators in their houses nowadays like yeah. i guess elevators was a new invention back then but she said they have these elevators they don't have to bother with the stairs she said well i want to find an elevator to heaven mm-hmm. and that elevator is christ's arms i'm going to allow him to lift me to heaven by doing you know by just cooperating with his grace in every little way I can. And I think just to let people know, I believe she was a cloistered nun, right? Uh, yes, I think so. So, so there's no... Oh, she's a Carmelite. Yeah, she's yeah, a Carmelite, yeah. So there's yeah. no actually go out and go on missions and, you know, help right. people and, and do great things. I mean, everything had to be done within the walls of the convent. Right, yeah. And cloistered nuns, that's, you know, their whole thing is prayer. Yeah. They just pray. They pray for the church. They pray for the Pope. They pray for all the world, basically. Yeah. They pray for everyone. Apart from the little way, she's also oh. had a lot of uh, writings about, um, I think, the child Jesus. I mean, she focuses, because of this constant fear in France at the time, she talked about uh, loving God who came as a child. And uh. Uh, do you have any, any thoughts on that as well? It was on, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve. When she was like mm-hmm. 13 or 14 years old, when she had this like epiphany of mm-hmm. the child Jesus, yeah. and that's where she really, that's where she decided that she wanted to uh, dedicate her life to him. And that was her her actual religious name that she took was uh, yeah. Therese of the Child Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was really dedicated to you know Jesus as as a child, and really is. I don't know. When you think about it, you think about when I think about Jesus, I usually think like first image in my mind is like Good Friday and Passion <laughs> or things like yeah. that. Or, or I seen uh, when I was in Israel one time, I seen a crucifix and it was Jesus dressed in like royal. It was a uh, a carving in a church. Mm-hmm. It was dressed in like royal robes with a crown on, nailed mm-hmm. to a cross at the same time. And it was really like that, you know, dramatic King of the Universe, yeah. Savior of the world kind of. Yeah. But she sees Jesus as this helpless infant. Mm-hmm. And it really is, like, that is just as amazing as Christ dying for us. Yeah. It's Christ taking on flesh for us in the first place. Yeah. You know, just coming, he didn't come, like, he could have just appeared on earth as a 30-year-old, you know, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't. He appeared as a newborn baby. That's yeah. how he came. He came as, well, he didn't even come as a newborn baby. He came as a, a fetus, an embryo in his mother. And then went through the whole pregnancy, the whole the whole entire human experience. Yeah. But she's seen him yeah. as a child, you know. And that really is, that is, like I said, that's just as powerful as king of the universe or ruling. I guess because I'm a man, I see more of like the the powerful. She's seen more of the meek. Mm, yeah. And it really is, you know, it's it's good to think of it that way too. You know, Jesus you is the king of the universe, but also right? he came down. You- you can't say that um, what I'm going through is different from what Christ went through because he went through exactly huh? everything that you go through as, as a human being. Right, yeah. Yeah, he was fully human and fully divine. Yeah. Like He actually had the full range of human emotion. And he really showed that too in the, the agony of the garden where he was sweating blood and he was praying to let this cup pass because he knew what was coming. Yeah. 
and he knew what was going to happen and everything, but he was willing to accept it for our sake. I like that uh, the one story about her is because she tried to enter the convent at 15 and they rebuffed her. They said, no, yeah. you're too, or I think yeah. at 14 even. Yeah. And then at 15, oh, you're too young. And the the convent direct, I don't know what his actual title would be, but basically the priest in charge, mm-hmm. he said, well, you can always go to the bishop. And I guess he never assumed that you would actually go to the bishop. So then she travels into the, the town and goes to the bishop. And she tries to convince the bishop, and the bishop's like, you know, well, let's think about it a little bit, because you're only 15 years old. It's awful young to be making a lifelong decision. Yeah. So the, that year, she goes with her family on pilgrimage to Rome. It was uh, Pope St. Leo XIII's uh, 50th anniversary of being a priest. Yeah. And she goes to Rome. And while there, you know how they go up, you get to go up and kiss the ring, and like yeah. just kind of like a kind of a papal audience, but it was just kind of, they were supposed to be rushing everyone through. And you weren't supposed to talk. And she just burst out and said, please, your holiness, let me enter the convent. Mm-hmm. And he laughed at his little girl, 15-year-old girl, saying, like, let me enter a convent. So he said, if it's God's will, you'll enter the convent. And she pleaded with him, cause, and she never let up. She was very persistent. She knew what she wanted, and she was persistent about it. Mm-hmm. And we really have to be persistent, too, in our, you know, if you know what something's right, and you know if something really feels right, and you go after it, you can't let yourself get discouraged by a minor setback. And that's very you know, I think that's very a lot important. of the kids, right? I mean, that they are persistent. They've got this singular focus on, on doing whatever it is. I mean, yeah. That's what makes them a saint. <laughs> this, that singular focus on doing the will of God. And that's yeah. We do well to adopt that in our lives. Okay, so I'll just give people a tip about this because I'm a total skeptic when it comes to Naveenas. But mm-hmm. somebody told me that if you do this Naveena, you know, she, she kind of showers you with roses. And I thought right. this was just, this was just, you know, total nonsense. I thought... Uh, but I did the Navina, and I can tell you for a fact that you see roses everywhere. Even when you're not looking, you either right. get a rose or you see a rose or, you know, it, it's like roses all the time for the entire nine days that you do the Navina. And that's something that if you're a skeptic, just try this once and you'll be convinced about, uh, you know, about her as a saint. About the intercession of the saints. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that you have? Tell us about where you read about her. Because I read The Story of a Soul, which was her, uh, I think, her biography. And then her sister, who was a superior, ad- added on to that. Yeah, The her Story th- of the Soul, she actually wrote uh, She wrote yeah. three separate letters that was kind of yeah. compiled after she died by her sister into a, uh, into a book. And the funny yeah. thing is, too, that her sister, when she made that book, mm-hmm. she, on- she only thought it was going to have a very... Uh, not a very wide audience, basically. She thought it was going to be just to Carmelite nuns to yeah. read, to like kind of help them off up on what they should be doing as nuns, and maybe to a few religious around the world or things like that. But it ended up becoming a bestseller, and it really that's what propelled her to her canonization. Really, was it was just such so much wisdom in this book that a person that was 50 years studying philosophy and theology hadn't really wrote something like this. And she was, here was a 25-year-old girl, that really how much schooling would she have even had, too, if she went into a convent at 15? Mm-hmm. And yet she wrote this book that's still one of the most widely read Catholic books in the world today. And she ended up being the doctor of the church, I mean... <clears throat> yeah, a doctor of the church. That's a pretty... How many doctors? I think there's only 30, 32 or 33 doctors, and only like five of them's women. <laughs> and here she is, 24 years old, yeah. and she's a doctor of the church. That's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. You got achievements. Show that God can use anyone at any yeah. place, at any time, no matter how old or young or, or strong or what your past is or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. Or how unfit for the job you are. Here was a, yeah. you know, a sick, 
yeah. a sick girl that, you know, like 24 years old, she died. Yeah. And so most people, you know, you wouldn't take advice from an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here she is giving spiritual advice to people all around the world to this day reading her book. Any other books that you read on, on her or any other sources that you think would be... Um, uh, yeah, there's a website. Uh, there's actually a shrine to her that I visited one time. I never got to go inside. Okay. It was closed. It's okay. in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, okay. But uh, there's a, uh, a website. I think it's littleflower.org. It's really just... It's a wealth of information as far as... Uh, St. Therese of Lisieux was concerned. Okay, all right. I think it's littleflower.org. Okay. 